Welcome to the Daily DDT Podcast, part of the Fan Sided Podcast Network. Here's your host, Jaden Becker. I'm back and I'm better than ever. I'm Jaden Becker and this is the Daily DDT Podcast. You can catch this podcast on all your favorite platforms for your morning drive, lunch break, or whenever you need your wrestling fix. Make sure you subscribe on Apple Podcasts so you never miss an episode. And remember, you can ask your smart device to play the Daily DDT Podcast. If you like content like this, check out our writers at DailyDDT.com. And if you want to hear more from me, give me a follow on Twitter and Instagram at Jaden Becker TV. And oh yes... I am back, officially back, and going to be back here with you every day for the Daily DDT Podcast. Uh, I apologize for taking a leave of absence, and uh, I had a medical emergency, and I just had to get everything figured out and fixed, and, and now I'm fixed, and I'm back, and I'm ready to go. Uh, it's been about a month since I've been on the Daily DDT Podcast, giving you daily content for everything pro wrestling, from the news, from shows, to anything extra I like to put in as well. Uh, I haven't been able to give that to you, but now I'm back, and I will be along for the ride. Uh, going throughout the rest of the summer and the rest of the year as well. So uh, definitely awesome feeling to be back, given that I missed it so much. I did spend a good amount of time of my time uh, away from pro wrestling for a little bit, to be honest with you, just to one just time just not there, uh, given everything I was going through. And also at the same time, uh, taking a step back from the pro wrestling world, you realize uh, how deep you fall into things with pro wrestling and how intrinsically you, you fall into these storylines as well in your mind. Uh, you really need to take a step back sometimes to get a broader picture of the world of pro wrestling as a whole and as I return back to the world of pro wrestling and return back to seeing what how everything is has uh unfolded, if you will, in the last month. It seems it has been set back 30 years, and that's what everybody's saying. Oh, the pro wrestling business has been set back 30 years, but I digress, I digress. We're going to get right back into the whole swing of things, but first, let us thank our sponsor, Manscaped, who's the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. They obsess over their technology developments to provide you the best tools for your grooming experience. Manscaped is trusted by over 2 million men worldwide. Manscaped has created the best ball hair trimmer ever, the Lawnmower 4.0. Their fourth-generation trimmer features a cutting-edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to their advanced skin-safe technology. I now feel confident shaving my boys. Have an exclusive offer for my listeners, 20% off plus free shipping with the code FANSIDED20 at manscaped.com. That is FANSIDED20, all caps, at manscaped.com. Unlock your confidence to always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. So what did I miss? What did I miss? It's been a month. Um, I spent a lot of time in my bed, relaxing, staring at the ceiling, looking at my phone, watching pro wrestling here and there, but not really getting too deep into it as I was. I used to watch pro wrestling every day from uh, Raw, NXT, AW, Impact, and SmackDown. I honestly just stripped it down to Raw, AW, and uh, SmackDown because I felt like I can emotionally take that at the least, and maybe Raw was a bad mistake there. But uh, what did I miss? I, I want to start off with the bad because I feel like that's what a lot of people want to hear. What what were the bad things you realized th- about pro wrestling on your time away? So let's start off with that, and let's start off with Monday Night Raw as a whole. I think Raw is just getting pretty bad a- 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 to say the least. Uh, there's a couple of things here and there that I do appreciate about Monday Night Raw. I think RK Bro is pretty cool as it currently stands. I think the tag team division is currently building up to a point where I would I've been when I was working. With with a different uh, uh, entity of uh, media entertainment, uh, I was mentioning how uh, how bad the Raw tag team division had became, especially uh, with the what would they call the AOP at the time. 
that that group is there, the Authors of Pain, and at that time when they they were out the door and all this stuff, and the Viking Raiders and the Street Profits were the only two tag teams in the Raw Tag Team Division, finally Raw's building back up to something more prevalent, and uh, I feel like we're really getting that with AJ Styles and Omos, uh, I know that they're not a, a tag team as a lot of people per se see so often, and I even talked about it in the WrestleMania episode of the Daily DDT podcast that was literally a month, like more than a month ago, uh, but they're still champions, and definitely deservingly so. I think that dynamic there with Styles and Omos, uh, Omos is being built up to be someone that's a lot bigger than life, and which obviously he is. And uh, I continue to enjoy what he's able to do. But I want to talk about Raw as a whole here. And it, what really makes it so bad for me is that the the main spots, the main event picture, and the whole women's division, honestly, as a whole, is really struggling in, in more ways than one. Uh, let's start off with the main event picture here. I think we're in a growing phase with this main event picture for Monday Night Raw. Uh, obviously, we're still in the almighty era with Bobby Lashley as the WWE champion. He retained his title at Backlash uh, in the, yesterday uh, for uh, the WWE. And uh, I think that, uh, am I happy with it? Yeah, it's fine, but he doesn't really have anyone credible to go up against at the moment, given that he's beaten McIntyre twice. He's just beaten Strowman. And it, as things currently stand... We really have no one to go up against Lashley at the moment that I would find super duper credible. Now, Daniel Bryan finds his way over to Monday Night Raw and gets in that conversation there. Obviously, a free agent at the moment, but I'm just throwing things out there. Uh, We could see a definite shift in momentum for Monday Night Raw. I feel like they'll get a big boost there. But right now, as a whole, I think it's just really, really just not great television. I think it also runs through with the women's division as well. Uh, The women's division right now, it runs through Charlotte Flair as a whole, uh, which rubs some people the wrong way. And they're not wrong for feeling that way when it comes down to it. Uh, you look at the women's division, you have Rhea Ripley as the champion at the moment, and a lot of people were rubbed the wrong way as well when it comes down to the champion, her being the champion, given that she just appeared on Monday Night Raw after being called up from NXT and then automatically granted a title opportunity, automatically granted a the championship. So a lot of people were rubbed the wrong way there, and uh, Charlotte Flair also... Now being back involved in the picture, a lot of people feel that the four horsewomen are being shoved down their throats once again. I think we're going through that point where it is growing pains and there isn't really a lot of people in that women's division that can stand toe-to-toe with Charlotte Flair. And that's why her losing in that triple threat match at Backlash kind of makes sense to give credibility to Rhea Ripley, saying that, all right, she was able to be both of them. But you, you see what I'm saying here. It's a triple threat match. You have uh, Charlotte Flair on the outside. She's not involved in the outcome of the match. You, you know, you continue to build that story. So hopefully Rhea Ripley and the history is there of Rhea Ripley as well with Charlotte Flair if you date back to WrestleMania 36. So there's things there in line to help it grow, but... A lot of people are bothered that the person that's helping it grow is Charlotte Flair, who, thinking about it and her even mentioning it on Backlash, was she a 13, 14-time women's champion? We're getting up to a really high number there, Charlotte, and you've been around, I think right now, currently, would you call this the prime of her career, maybe the late prime of her career? She still has plenty of plenty of years to go and already has title numbers off the wazoo. Uh, I think if people are looking for whatever's next, and I think you're better off finding that in NXT if you really want to enjoy some women's division wrestling. I think you're better off finding that in NXT. I think you're better off finding that on SmackDown as well, Bianca Belair being such a dominant figure over there as the champion and being a newer face there as well. I think the Alexa Bliss stuff is going to be cool down the line when she finally gets back involved in in-ring action and starts playing around with the Doll Lily, which is a terrible, terrible, 
terrible thing, I think, for Monday Night Raw. Uh, even though I, I, I know Bray Wyatt's fingers are all over it, and he's trying to help it along, but at the same time, he's been away. I'll get into that a little bit after the ad break, but uh, I, I just can't, I just can't right now hold, hold anything up to the light from Monday Night Raw and saying uh, I really yeah I, I like I don't want people watching Monday Night Raw if you're new to pro wrestling because this isn't really what I, I, I want you to see I want you to see Smackdown I want you to see NXT I want you to see AEW but Raw is the flagship show for Monday Night so it's really really a tough spot there one more point on Monday Night Raw Adnan Verk he needs to watch some pro wrestling <laughs> I know that might sound really mean but Adnan Verk needs to watch some pro wrestling because he is just not it he is just not a great play by play guy as it currently stands and i give a lot of credit to byron saxton i give a lot a lot a lot of credit to Corey graves to be able to carry him through a three-hour broadcast for monday night raw it's a tough listen it's a tough listen for him and uh, i think he's finding his way and i i've given him some credit i given him the better benefit of the doubt when uh he first came on i talked about him on this podcast as well a month and a month ago saying that at least he was having fun he was having a good time and i think he was getting into the swing of things and i gave him the benefit of the doubt because it was his first episode it's been a month and he still hasn't gotten it mac if he got it right away and we're going to get again get into that when i talk about smackdown that's going to be way later but yeah, tough, tough for Monday Night Raw. Tough for Monday Night Raw. Let's switch gears a little bit. Uh, I want to talk about now the one of the bigger things to come out of uh, the, my my time away, and people trying to decide how far back pro wrestling has been set uh, due to some current events. Uh, well, the zombies at Backlash—that's one of them—and Blood and Guts—that's another one that that got a lot of people really upset. AEW Blood and Guts. It, it, on paper, the worst of the two. Should be the zombies, the whole fiasco at Backlash. That's on paper, it should be the worst. But in my heart, and how I really feel, I think it's AEW Blood and Guts. Because one, that was the main event of the show that a lot of people were excited for. Not a lot of people were excited for the Lumberjack match between Damian Priest and The Miz. And honestly, they just took something that was already going to be, I wouldn't say it was going to be bad, but it wasn't going to be the main thing of the show. And they took it. And they just just threw it to the wayside. And pretty much, honestly, you could have just erased that from your mind and you would have been fine with it. It wasn't like it was called Zombies at Backlash. You know, it wasn't like the whole premise of the whole show was the Zombies match. The whole premise of AEW Blood and Guts was the AEW Blood and Guts match. You know, bringing together the two rings, bringing down the cage, you know, having them bleed and all that stuff like that. And uh, obviously, AEW has no problem with the blood and everything like that, obviously, with the match that we just saw. But... With the, the bad production work, I'll just say it straight up like that. The bad production work when it comes down to uh, not hiding the blade jobs, having the razors fall down to bat, and not honestly not protecting your workers there in that case. That hurts the business in a sense. And also given the fact that this was the main event, this is the whole point of the show, was this match. And uh, let, let's also talk about the, the elephant in the room, the crash mat of Chris Jericho falling down to... Uh, through the, I guess we call it plywood, and then onto a crash mat. A lot of people were really rubbed the wrong way there, given that bump was obviously the safest thing that he could have done in that type of scenario. But a lot of people wanted to see him fall directly onto a harder surface. And are they wrong for feeling that? Yes, in a way. But at the same time, if you're, you're promoting the blood and guts type of attitude, don't have Jericho take the bump. Have the younger guy take the bump, if that makes sense. Have have Guevara take the bump, you know? That's sort of how I feel in that situation. 
And uh, there were some good things to come out of Blood and Guts. I will say that one of the good things to come out of Blood and Guts was the images of the bl- the blood itself. You know, just the crimson mask coming off of hardwood, especially coming off of MJF on top of the cage. I thought that was great. Uh, great visual. I think he looked awesome. And uh, there's nothing great that came out of the zombies match. I think all of it was bad if, in every way, shape, or form. But it wasn't like it was the main event of the show. It wasn't like the show was named after the zombies. No one expected these zombies to happen at all. You know, it was just. I think we could just erase that from our minds. The WWE and Peacock love to erase things from from shows and from the past and obviously controversial moments. How about we, as a whole, as a community, agree to erase? A back zombies that zombies match from backlash from the show and then we have a pretty good backlash as a whole it was a fantastic backlash besides that zombies match you can't really get rid of that AEW blood and guts match uh, because that the basis of the show is is that blood and guts match it is, was that match so really really tough really really tough there for AEW and it seems like they can't get anything right that's twice in a row uh, that was going back to revolution and the death match uh, with uh, Moxley and Omega. They couldn't get that right with the ending, and now they couldn't get the blood and guts right here. So let's see going forward if, if they really just push the, the pedal there and the hope something big comes out of it. Have Darby Allen take a big bump going forward. Moving on, Mickey James and the trash bag situation. A shame that that happened as a whole. Honestly, we really shouldn't have seen that. Uh, but Mickey James doing a great job there, being her, the journalist that she is. And uh, I guess you can call it that and taking the picture and letting everyone know what was exactly was going down, how she received her items from the WWE in a trash bag that was placed in a box. Uh, pretty much saying here, very metaphoric in a sense, like uh, we think. This is what we think of you, in a way. Uh, Letting her go by the wayside and here's your things in a a trash bag. But WWE Public Relations and PR handle it pretty well, if I do say so myself. Uh, They fired the people that they needed to fire. They made it public that this is not the way things should have went down, and they they feel terrible about it. Obviously not going to reinstate Mickey James for a job after all this, but... Uh, at the same time, they recognized the WWE didn't just say that didn't go radio silent, and uh, even worse would have been in defense of themselves. But no, they they did what they needed to do. They fired the people that they needed to fire, and moving forward, I think things were were settled swimmingly, if you will, as swimmingly as things could be. But WWE obviously in a bad spot there, but fixing their their wrongs in a way. And uh, one final thing on the bad is the fact that Andrade hasn't found a home yet in any professional wrestling company. He's facing off against Omega down the line, but he needs to find a home, if whether it is in AEW, whether if Impact, Ring of Honor, something. Uh, he can go back to an old gimmick, as I mentioned in a couple pod, in podcasts a month ago. He can go back to an old gimmick. Uh, he can put the mask back on whatever he needs to do, but he needs to find a home. He needs to be under contract. And it's not like he's fighting a 90 day, no compete clause. He left with no 90 day, no complete clause. So, uh, he's free to roam. And, uh, I'm hoping, hopefully he roams to somewhere that's big, like an AEW, somewhere big, like an impact wrestling. Uh, even if it is ring of honor for a little bit, uh, we need to see him on television because the, there is no better way for, I don't understand what, what the holdup is. There's no better way to take someone that was a WWE guy that was underutilized and then directly bring them to the top as 
quick as possible, uh, saying that look, look what we did with someone that you couldn't do anything with. You know, I feel like that is such a big slap in the face to the WWE, and no one wants to take the chance of do it, doing it because I think it's one of the easier things to do, given that it's not like you're taking some low-level name, low-level talent. You're taking Andrade here, and he's some top-level guy that I think you really can do something with. We're going to take a quick break, but when we come back, I'm going to be talking about some things that must be acknowledged that neither stand on the good or bad, uh, mostly the things that need to really be said. And also, I'm going to be talking about the good of the last month that I missed, so something you're not going to want Stick with us right here on the Daily DDT Podcast. On this day in pro wrestling history, on May 17th, 1963, in New York City, Bruno San Martino defeated Buddy Rogers in just 48 seconds to win the WWF Championship, or should I say the WWWF Championship then it was named. San Martino would hold the belt for 2,803 days. It's by far the longest championship reign in WWE history, all starting on this day, 1963. Moving on, uh, what did I miss? Once again, now talking about things that I must acknowledge. Uh, first off, let's talk about uh, Bray Wyatt's mental health. Uh, has come out and has said himself in a couple uh, tweets, uh, tweets or Instagram posts, still acknowledging the fact that he hasn't been around WWE since WrestleMania, uh, which is about four or five weeks ago now. Wyatt has come out and explained that his time away does have to do with his mental health and still trying to recover after the passing of Brody Lee, after the passing of Luke Harper. So... Obviously, you take as much time as you need. Uh, we all know the connection that Bray Wyatt had with uh, Brody Lee, and I still believe in my heart still has with Brody Lee, and why he's still so effective that the passing was so, so, so sudden, leaving behind a family, and now Bray Wyatt still living with that. It, it, it makes sense. You can't really knock him for it. You know, it's been five months, and but still, when a loved one, a friend passes away, uh, you, you, you still have to emotionally carry on to that, and for him to go back into professional wrestling, go back to work. It's tough. It's very, very tough. But he did come back for WrestleMania. He did come back to uh, debut the, the Burnt Fiend, if you will, and was able to get through that. And obviously an important time. It's like going up to the playoffs and going up to the Super Bowl for professional wrestling. But now we're past that and now taking some time off for himself, hopefully back by SummerSlam because I, I do still want to see him on my television. I will say that. Also, something that must be acknowledged, the death of New Jack passing away of a heart attack at 58 years old. And uh, one thing I really want to say about this is the Paul Heyman talking smack uh, ending there uh, that he had pretty much a eulogy towards and uh, his feelings giving to New Jack and all that New Jack did for ECW and uh, the comparison to New Jack and ECW as a whole and how they're, those two together were so united and the fact that they're both gangsters ecw was a gangster organization new jack was a gangster himself undoubtedly and uh, his passing uh, a lot of people had emotions towards it but i think it was a, a general moment of realizing that some of the pro wrestlers that we watched as a as as when we were younger or you watched when you were younger uh watching all these crazy 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 moments especially uh, through ecw and all the things that new jack did throwing uh, guys off the top of scaffolding and you know there's a lot of crazy New Jack moments, but I think his passing uh, made a lot of people realize that uh, we're getting to a point in our lives as a whole as well where we might see some people pass away, which which is it's a shame. But uh, obviously, a sudden passing at 58 years old for New Jack. Uh, rest in peace. And uh, if you haven't had a chance, uh, go listen to that Paul Heyman uh, talking smack segment. Also, speaking of New Jack, 
Uh, he also has a Dark Side of the Ring documentary about him. If you haven't watched that, definitely, definitely go watch that. You get the full story with him uh, and his interview throughout that whole that whole uh, new new Jack Dark Side of the Ring episode. Fantastic, fantastic. Speaking of Dark Side of the Ring, uh, it's back and it's fantastic. It's some it's literally my favorite thing to watch. My favorite thing ever, 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 ever for pro wrestling. Pro wrestling documentaries are just awesome. I don't know. There's something about pro wrestling documentaries that gets me going because it, it takes all of the history that we know and love and pro wrestling has such a deep and rich history and it gives it to us again in a great storytelling perspective. Uh, I give Dark Side of the Ring and Vice a ton, a ton, a ton of credit. I took a class at Ithaca College, which I'm, I'm attending now. I took a class uh, last semester that I just finished uh, called Narratives in Sports Documentaries where uh, the whole class was structured around the seven deadly sins and each documentary that we watched were based on a different seven deadly sins. So wrath, gluttony, envy, greed. And I feel like pro wrestling also encapsulates all of that as well. All those seven deadly sins in, in every way, shape, or form. So... Uh, Dark Side of the Ring does a great job in capturing some fantastic moments. They've gone through two seasons now, starting up on season three. Uh, not sponsored by them, but I wish I was because, oh boy, they do some fantastic stuff. Uh, right now, uh, starting on season three, they just did two parts on Brian Pillman. And now the third episode is on Nick Gage, which uh, talking about the... Uh, I don't know what to call it, dirty underbelly, the uh, extreme side, the the backyard side of professional wrestling. I don't really want to call it that in, in, in a derogatory sense, but in a, sort of the blood and guts sense, if you will, of, of, of that type of pro wrestling. But if you haven't had a chance, definitely go watch all of the documentaries you can. Also, let's stick with some of the good here. This whole uh, second block here is going to be all about the good things that have come out this past month. SmackDown is getting really, really, really good in comparison to uh, Monday Night Raw. SmackDown is some top-level television. Roman Reigns is the end-all, be-all. I know that's uh, what his gimmick says and might be on a t-shirt at some point down the line, but that's who Roman Reigns is. He is the main reason why SmackDown is so great. Roman Reigns has carried, carried SmackDown for these past uh, few months and even after WrestleMania has continued to do a great job and continue to tell stories that are bigger than the Universal Championship. That's what we really want to see out of pro wrestling and at least from the WWE from that standpoint is that not everything has to be about the Universal Championship. Some things just honestly have to do with the fact that Roman Reigns wants to be acknowledged as the reason why pro wrestling is so great at least the wwe and smackdown has been so great for these past few months it's because of him so i think that continues to to be so great for smackdown and i'm really hoping that roman reigns holds on to this championship for a long 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 time i don't see him losing this championship until he faces the rock at some point i really really do i believe that wholeheartedly and we had that fun interaction with with seth rollins and roman reigns seth rollins wearing SummerSlam colors i gotta shout out my little brother for that one for recognizing that and i still that and put that in a tweet last night but uh I, if we have a match between roman reigns and seth rollins at SummerSlam, uh, that would be such a fantastic build and hopefully that would be in front of fans as well also congratulations to the mysterio family for picking up these smackdown tag team titles uh they posted uh espn posted uh the picture of ray mysterio and his son dominic uh from back in the day from back in uh, the retcon 2006 uh, match of uh, of them two, uh, well, of 
Eddie and Rey Mysterio fighting for the custody of Dominic. And now Rey Mysterio winning the SmackDown tag team titles with his son Dominic. A fantastic father-son moment. Would have been cooler if they did it closer towards Father's Day. Maybe, maybe. I think that would have been a, a, a smarter thing to do. And given the time for, for it to build, and especially with how they're portraying it, I thought that, that might have been the direction that they would go. But no, uh, they give them... Uh, the titles and it, it's an awesome thing to see. Uh, you go into those comments of those ESPN stuff and he's like, but it's scripted. It's scripted. It doesn't take anything away from it. Rey Mysterio has been around for so, so long. The fact that he can compete, uh, at least perform in, in the ring with his son, awesome. That is probably the most awesome thing I've ever seen. Uh, I, I'm also pretty surprised at how long Dominic has stayed on the main roster. Not that he's bad at all. He's, I think he's great in ring. And I think he has everything. He's, he's a Mysterio for, for Pete's sake. But uh, his it, mic work still need, needs a lot of uh, polishing there. And I've seen that a couple times as well. But, hey, they put they put a couple belts on him. No problem with me. No problem with me. I, I give him a lot of credit because he's able to do a lot in ring. Also, Pat McAfee. A round of applause for Pat McAfee. He has uh, impressed to to beyond belief. The only thing that bothers me about Pat McAfee is that he stands up too much. <laughs> I'm not going to make his head too big, but he stands up a little bit too much for me, uh, especially in some of these uh, lower card matches where it's you know middle of the match and just standing up and I feel like it's a little bit distracting. But other than that, he's he's right on. He's right on with everything. He 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 knows the history. He's, he's watched pro wrestling, he's been around the block, he's been in ring, and uh, he's he's been able to compete for NXT now on the commentary table for SmackDown. Uh, he's doing everything right, and him and Michael Cole together, I think, are such a, a perfect yin and, yin and yang, is that the correct uh, term there? Is that what, whatever Michael Cole doesn't have, McAfee brings. And whatever McAfee brings, uh, Michael Cole is also able to uh, supplement as well. The, the, the handoff there is, is absolutely phenomenal. I think that partnership is fantastic. Also, speaking of SmackDown a little bit, Daniel Bryan is now a free agent. And given that Daniel Bryan lost to Roman Reigns, Daniel Bryan now uh, contract expired with the WWE, free to roam wherever he wants, Daniel Bryan. I'm not sure if there's a 90-day no-compete clause attached to that as well. But what I will say is that I think if Daniel Bryan goes on and competes elsewhere, not under contract. Let's. I'm not saying for him to go sign a two-year deal with AEW or whatever, whatever. I'm not saying for him to go sign a deal with Impact, like something like that. But let's say Daniel Bryan, no longer under contract, goes and does a three-match set for New Japan, then comes back to the WWE. I think that would be pretty good for Daniel Bryan. I also think that would be pretty good for the WWE, given that everyone kind of knows Daniel Bryan is a WWE guy, has had, obviously, his history in the past in the Indies and uh, with Ring of Honor and things like that, when we all know and love him for that. But his biggest moments of his career, obviously, coming from the WWE, a lot of WrestleMania 30. So let Bryan go and do a three-match set in New Japan, come back to the WWE, and be fantastic again. You know, I think people uh, would love to see that. Daniel Bryan getting towards the back end of his career, also due to injuries and things of that nature. But uh, let him uh, go taste the world a little bit and carry that WWE flag that we know Daniel Bryan definitely could do. 
Moving on, Kenny Omega holding all the gold. And I have this under the good. Some people might have it under the bad, but I have it underneath the good. Uh, my only question is how far can he go with it all? He will go on and face Moose at against all odds, defending the Impact World title. So it's not like he's defending every title that he has. Uh, I feel like it would have been better served if this was Rich Swan in this case and Moose was the one to drop the belt to Kenny Omega, allowing Rich Swan to be the one to fight in Impact's honor and not Moose having, I guess, is he turning face for this to to go fight for, for Impact's honor? But, you know, I love Moose as much as the next guy ever since Hard to Kill in January. Uh, I've loved him in every way, shape, or form, given the fact that he wasn't supposed to be in that match at Hard to Kill and stepped up to the plate to the best of his ability. And it, not only did he impress, I think he stole the show at Hard to Kill, one of the biggest Impact pay-per-views ever. So for him to, to do that, he definitely deserves this title opportunity against Kenny Omega. Kenny Omega, hopefully I see him grab some more gold that is outside of impact and outside of triple uh, a go see him go have some gold in ring of honor go see him grab some gold in uh, nwa whatever he has to do uh if you're going to be a belt collector go collect some belts and uh I'm, maybe it doesn't have to be so fast but at least by the fall he has to have one more strap so, something throughout the summer has to happen big for omega which i think will be fun for all wrestling fans also Another piece of news, Zelina Vega finding her way back to the WWE after the big fallout and Zelina Vega being fired and everything like that, saying that she wants to uh, you know, do her own things like work with Cameo and uh, other types of apps and natures of uh, things in that sort. Uh, she's found her way back to the WWE and Aleister Black is still also with the WWE, so if that pairing there could work, that would be awesome to see as well. I'm just glad to see Zelina Vega back because she was such a great heel managerial figure, there's no reason for her to go away, obviously be, uh, went away because of backstage politics, but there's nothing on screen that made me say that she needed to go. If anything, something on screen that made me want to say that she needed to be involved more. So, Zelina Vega coming back into the fold, and uh, would she have been fun in AEW? Would she have been fun uh, still continuing to work with Andrade? Yes, it would have been, but at the same time, Vega... Also, her husband is continuing to work with the WWE as well. So, uh, however you look at it, I think it's fun to see her back. It's also fun to see her back, especially after the tweets that she put out uh, in the past saying that she supports unionization. So, I thought that would have been the complete disconnect for from her in the WWE. Talk about burning a bridge. But I guess that bridge has been built back, and Zelina Vega is slowly but surely walking across it. Also, to end things off here... Pro wrestling is making its return back to fans, and mostly going to happen back in now going closer to July. Uh, it's rumored that WWE is going to be back in mid-July, AEW Impact sort of say the same, Ring of Honor announcing straight up that they're going to sell tickets for the Best in the World pay-per-view. So pro wrestling is coming back towards fans, and that's something that we've been missing for a long, long time. If anything comes close to the tri-state area, I'm in Queens, New York. So if anything, obviously it, they're talking about having SummerSlam and Possibly in the garden. You already know I'm there. You already know I'm there. And honestly, if anything's close in the tri-state area, even if something comes to Philly, if something goes to Boston, something goes to D.C. even, I'm willing to take the trek down there because I'm dying, 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 dying to uh, get my butt in a seat to watch some pro wrestling in person because I think we all kind of miss that in some way, shape, or form. Especially if you watch pro wrestling so much. We haven't had the opportunity to go to these shows unless you go into WrestleMania, which is the creme de la creme. But 
a lot of people haven't had the opportunity to go to these shows that have become fans of pro wrestling due to uh, the pandemic and find, finding it on TV. AEW still having in-ring, uh, not in-ring, but still having fans there in a way, but not touring yet. So we we need to get fans back in, in seats, and I think we're going to be able to do that by mid-July, as a lot of uh, pro wrestling companies are saying, and I couldn't be more excited especially now that I'm back doing the Daily DDT Podcast, going to be with you here daily. And uh, going from Monday to, I believe, it's Monday to Saturday. And you'll, you'll hear from me all the time. And I'm going to take the weekends off unless, unless there is a pay-per-view on the weekend, then I'll be there for you to cover the pay-per-view, give you my predictions, and also cover the pay-per-view itself. But if there's nothing going on on the weekend, I won't be there for you. But it is what it is. It's here, not there. Coming up in our next episode, WWE Monday Night Raw. Uh, hopefully no zombies. Hopefully no zombies. I'll, I'll be emotionally stable with that. And also, we are still in the almighty era. Curious, to say the least, what's going to happen next with Bobby Lashley. Uh, is he going to continue to feud with Drew McIntyre? Or or are we, are we going to get some new names involved? Possibly, possibly Jinder Mahal, as they expect him to do big things. But I know I might be jumping the gun there. Might need to see him go for a mid-card run first once again now making his return after injury that's all for me remember to get 20 percent off plus free shipping with the code fansided20 at manscaped.com that is fansided20 all caps at manscaped.com unlock your confidence and only use the right tools for the job with manscaped you can catch this podcast on all your favorite providers make sure you subscribe and apple Podcasts so you never miss an episode and remember you can ask your smart device to play the daily ddt podcast if you like content like this check out our writers at dailyddt.com and if you want to hear more from me give me a follow on twitter and instagram at jaden becker tv I'll see you tomorrow with another episode of the Daily DDT Podcast.